come inside right now. There were four of them. What do we say? You shouldn't make things up when we're talking about... Can you open the door, please? They're breaking in! I got you, baby. So who else wants to go vacationing in a cabin in the woods now, huh? Anyone? Anyone? Cabin in the woods, ooh. Cabin in the woods, yeah. We're five college students on our way to an old abandoned cabin in the woods. Oh, yeah. I love Evil Dead the musical. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife with our zany singing at our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Forever Fan Pod. And possibly in the future, we will be putting our podcast on YouTube so you can play it on YouTube in the background. Yeah, very cool. So we are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. And we do have another great show for you today because we're going to be covering the latest M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin. Yes, this movie is based on the novel The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay and is playing in theaters now. So our standard spoiler alert is in effect here because we will be talking about specific plot points and themes. If you have not seen Knock at the Cabin yet, you will be spoiled. I made that too loud for a second. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this is the second film we've seen in as many weeks at the theaters. Well, yeah, because we saw it on Bargain Tuesdays. Yeah, well. We save money. Yes, but, you know, I don't know how much of a savings it was because we promptly spent all of that on, like, the snacks. Look. I needed my salty sweets. So you take the M&Ms, although I really, I miss crunchy M&Ms because this works better. And you dump the M&M's into the popcorn, and that mm. way you get popcorn and M&M's in your mouth at the same time. Yes, I know. It's that whole salty sweet thing. It's yeah, fine. so it's an absolute win-win. Uh, well, okay, maybe. I mean, look, you've got the memberships, right? The movie theater memberships, so you can save extra money. And then you can ex- use that extra money to buy your snacks, or they'll give you coupons for snacks and stuff. So, I mean, again, win-win. Okay, well, I will take that then. And take it under advisement? Yes. Well, I am. I mean, I understand. And so we will see if this movie is a win-win for us. Did you Uh, like what I did there? Yeah, you you had to do that, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Okay. (sighs) I thought that was a good transition. I I had to do that, you know? I mean, I just had to. Mm -hmm. But here's the summary from Google. While vacationing at a remote island in the woods... A young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. You know, that is going to be the slowest time you'll ever hear Kimberly speak when she's doing her voice like that. Yeah, because I have to like lower it and then take a (laughs) breath where it doesn't like. (gasps) Anyway, so um, a little bit more background. The four visitors are four strangers brought together by their shared vision of the end of the world. Essentially, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They were told to go to this cabin to ask the family of three to sacrifice one of them to save the world. The four horsemen hold hostage Eric and Andrew and their daughter Wen, but they don't hurt the family. For every no that the family gives, one horseman is killed by the other horseman, and the death coincides with unleashing of the plague all over the world, killing hundreds of people. Well, we assume hundreds of people. I think it's many more thousands than Uh, that, maybe hundreds of thousands. So this goes on until all four are dead. 
And before the point of no return, Eric has an epiphany. He said he saw something in the light and tells Andrew that he, Eric, needs to die so that there's a future for their daughter, Wen. Andrew reluctantly follows Eric's wishes, and then Andrew and Wen leave the cabin. They stop at a diner and see that the plagues have actually stopped. And they drive away with the radio playing Boogie Shoes, which is their family's theme song. I want to put a pin in something you said in regards mm-hmm. to uh, Eric has an epiphany and sees something. Okay. All right. Just remember to go back to that. Yeah, I know, right? Last time I didn't <laughs> edit it all out. All right. So anyway, let us go ahead and talk about the good and the themes of this movie, huh? I mean, obviously, there's lots of symbolism. Oh, my God. It's all over the place. You know, four horsemen, traditionally pestilence, war, famine, and death. And I mean, it sort of coincides... Somewhat, but in the movie, they actually mention that embodies the components of humanity, right? Like malice is Redman, mm-hmm. nurturing is Adrian because she's a cook, and then healing is Sabrina because she's a nurse, and then guidance is Leonard because he was like a, a gym teacher, I think. It's this whole like parallelism, I guess. But you know, they they were they were doing good in the world, mm-hmm. except for maybe malice. Redman. Well, yeah, he was, but he had been somewhat reformed as well. Did you get that? We do disagree on this film mm, about no a lot of things. Yeah, but, you know, for this, it, it's pretty clear, right? there. I mean, he's. it just seemed like he was accepting of what he was and willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. So in that vein, I felt he did redeem himself a little bit. Does that make up for everything he's done, especially the connection he had with Andrew? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. The, the fact that they're trying to save humanity and, and the fact that they're you know, almost remorseful that they had to do this. But if they don't, you know, the guilt of hundreds of people's lives would be on their heads. And they all have these stories of like, you know, I've got a child, I've got a baby sister, I've got this, I've got Mm -hmm. that. And it's it's one of those things where it feels so outlandish to you that when they're telling you their stories, you're like, yeah, you're trying to make me feel guilty. Yeah. And And it's hard. It is because they're talking to Andrew and Eric, who are a couple, and they themselves have gone through untold... I was going to say atrocities, but... Well, you have to figure, Redman bashed in Andrew's head. Yeah, which is why he then wanted to learn how to use a gun. I think it was also Andrew's family. His parents abandoned them and said, basically, you know, we're not going to accept who you are, even though he was with Eric forever. Mm -hmm. They couldn't adopt when it was, oh, this is her uncle. My wife couldn't be here. Right. You know, there's all of these aspects about how people of the LGBTQIA community are really marginalized. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that, that really got me in that scene when they were adopting Wen is that they adopted a baby girl who had a cleft palate. Yeah. They made it seem also like Wen was being overlooked because of that. Exactly. That's my point, that had Eric and Andrew not come along she would have been in the orphanage for a long time because no one wanted her. And she's a happy, healthy kid. And when they flash to the future, she's a happy, healthy adult. Yeah. And and living a good life. You know, it just goes to show you that, you know, love is love. If you adopt a child Mm -hmm. and you love that child and you give the child a good home, that child's going to thrive. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be this heterosexual, perfect Christian white couple yeah you could be any race any religion and frankly any gender and you can love a child and that child is going to thrive because that child will be given 
love and yeah. stability. And they 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 went through a lot of surgery. She mentioned that in the beginning scenes mm -hmm. where, you know, when Len was talking to her, getting to know her, you know, she was saying, yeah, I went through a lot of surgeries. My dad wanted me to look normal. They wanted to give her every advantage they could. Yeah, because she she already was going to have a tough road to uh, to walk through because she has two dads, right? Yeah, and she's adopted mm -hmm. and she's from another country. Yeah, but anyway... There's so much in here, and, and going back to the symbolism, right? The the belief that something is greater than yourself versus Andrew, who kept on saying that no, there, there's just too much coincidence here. Well, he had also faced the darkness of humanity. So you're yeah. asking him to put faith in people, especially one person that beat the living daylights out of him. Yeah. It's very hard to believe in somebody that's wronged you or hurt you or violated you, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, verbally. How do you believe anything that comes out of somebody's mouth? Yeah. When they've hurt yeah. you that bad. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard to trust someone who's... Well, let me ask you, do you have somebody in mind that had ever done that to you? That had hurt you so badly? There, there were a few, but see, for me, when I was younger, the way I protected myself was that you're one and done. the The first time that you've ever you you hurt me, then then I cut you out of my life. But see, that's the point. If you're one and done, and a person that you had cut off comes back, and you're supposed to believe them and trust what they're telling you. Yeah, I I don't I don't have a lot of experiences like that because I you know it's like all right done. Now do I do I close myself off from from people and growing because I did yes I did I was stunted emotionally because I didn't want to get hurt and you actually helped me try to get past that see so. and it's funny because for me I'll give you like I'm a cancerian so mm. I will give you a lot of chances but once I flip that switch and you're done you're done yeah and it, it and there is no coming back. Like I will never. I will continue to grow and thrive and whatever. You are like the moss of the seabed. Yeah, and that I never understood when when we first met. I never understood why you kept giving people chances because they proven that they they're not deserving of those chances. But I honestly don't know. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because I I've always believed people can change, and I've always given people benefit of the doubt. But I will say in my adult life. There are a few people in my mind that have hurt me so severely that I will never, ever believe anything they ever say. If they put those people, the four horsemen, I'm sorry, the world's going to burn. Yeah. There's no way that I can undo that. And it's not a, a selfish thing. It's the fact that... It's a psychological thing for you. I don't even know if it's psychological. I would just say that what they did was so egregious mm. that it's so far outside the realm of humanity that to come back from that and to believe something from them is virtually impossible. Mm. So how can you do that? So when I looked at Redmond and, and Andrew, when Andrew realized who he was, I understood why they didn't believe him. And I understood why, okay, these three people are with him, yeah, guilt and, by association. Yeah. So I don't want to say that he was so close-minded or, or, uh, or dark. I just felt that he was, he was protecting so hurt. Himself that he was looking at his family going, this is the guy that almost ended my life. Yeah. These three people are with him. So they all say they got together and they hung out and they built these weapons. For all I know, they were working together to finish the job. Yeah. So it's interesting how, going back to the symbolism, even the color of their shirts, mm -hmm. right? The nurse was wearing yellow. 
Sabrina was wearing yellow because she's the healthcare provider. She's trying to make things better, mm-hmm. right? And Redman wearing a red shirt is yeah, red it's, is it's, connected to darkness. Yes, yeah. and evil and stuff like that. And then blue, my color for Adrian because she's a cook. It was a dark blue, but it it was blue. And then for Leonard, you know, he was wearing like a almost white, like pure innocence mm-hmm. type thing. Okay, so so that's so that's that. Um, the other thing that I found really really great here is that they cast actors playing Eric and Andrew who are gay in real life. Yeah, that was cool, and it adds to the authenticity of the trials that they go through. That was part of the reason why I did want to see this because I, after the Sixth Sense, you know, I I wasn't too big on um, M Night Shyamalan movies. There's, to be honest, I haven't seen one that didn't disappoint after. Yeah. So I, when I realized that, you know, the, the, the actors are a gay couple and it's about a, a gay family, I did want to see it to see how it unfolds. And it really did resonate with me, all of the hatred and all the vitriol that they had to endure. But despite that, they still stayed together. But for, for me also, beyond that, what I liked about this is that they were together and they adopted a child. And mm. considering that there's litigation going across this country that's going to revert human rights yeah. backwards, truthfully, at this point, we might as well just move it back a century the yeah. way they're trying to do it. Yeah. So it really hit home there because we constantly every day have to fight just for the, the right to wear and hold hands. I mean, there are literally still countries on our list of where we can never travel because it's illegal. You yeah. know, and, and we could face, you know, lashes, prison, yes. Death. You know, I we were we were looking at something the other day at the Maldives because it's it's such a beautiful country, but there are laws there which will you know if if they so I think it's a hundred lashes and up to three years in prison. Or six years. Six. And I'm like, uh no, I am not risking you. And I understand to, before to anybody of our listening audience says anything, we understand that yes, the main I think they said the main the main island is where you shouldn't do it. They say the major resorts, they don't really care. But, but I'm, still... I'm the type of person where I'm not going to put myself in that situation because all it takes is one person seeing something that they don't agree with and it's over. Right. And I don't want to risk that. I don't want to put you or me in any situation, which is why even when we go to certain um, islands, go diving, we don't wear wedding, wedding rings at all. And we don't act as if we just act like we're best friends going traveling yeah uh, and in, in and certain spots that absolutely just destroys me every single yeah. time which is why again i understand what what eric was feeling mm-hmm. because they can't go places they can't do things again they can't even adopt a kid yeah they have to lie about it they have to lie about everything just to, just to love yeah which is what makes this so ah uh, but anyway. you know continuing one of the things that i liked is mm-hmm. this is not a a huge whoa twist ending like the sixth sense yeah it's just i'm gonna leave you with all of the stuff to think about and Mm -hmm. i think to be frank if m night Shyamalan continues to do that that is his way to go forward Uh. i mean because the thing is once you do a big twist ending everybody's gonna expect it from you Mm. and he did it with the sixth sense and i mean i figured it out you hated me for that we've we've talked about that Mm -hmm. ad nauseum but i think if he brings more films like this where it requires a lot of thought 
and it requires you delving into things in, internally and it's more about you, mm-hmm. I would love to see more of that. Yeah, it is one of those films where I was very surprised because I was the one who said we should see this. You weren't really there. And then after you saw it, you were like, you know, that I was, was really hesitant because, again, I loved the actors. I liked mm-hmm. that they were a gay couple, but I struggle with M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. stuff. I had seen I had I didn't even see old and I thought old looked interesting, but I'm like, I'm not going to go see that. I didn't see that either. OK. Any more good that we should touch on? No, I think we should touch on the bad. OK. For me, and and I'm going to go on a tiny rant. Mm -hmm. There are a few questions I felt that were left unanswered. Why that specific cabin? You know, for me, I'm like, is it like Buffy? Is it on top of a hellmouth? Is is it like a nexus directly underneath that? Is it a religious consecrated ground? What is it about that cabin? It's a cabin in the woods. Ooh. You know, I then turn around and I question, were they just there at the wrong place at the wrong time? Were they picked? How, you know, all of those little details in the Mm -hmm. very beginning, for me, that stands out. Now, for obviously, I I think the average viewer, they're not going to care. For me, I do. I want to know why them, why that cabin, why that day, why all of these little things mean something. You know, is this, they said this happened before. Okay, when? You know, that now that you bring that up, I I had that question when that came up too, that, Mm -hmm. you know, many families in the past have to make that decision. Were there years that there were none? That somebody just blindly fell and believed it. How many people have been chosen? How many four have been chosen over the length of humanity? Mm-hmm. You know, have how many of them? Like, do they remember what they did? Because they're not supposed to speak of it. But if they all survived and they remember what they did, are they in mental hospitals? Are they trying to keep it to themselves? You know, all of these things, because you would have heard about this before, I think, with, especially with social media, right. if somebody survived and was a horseman. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I want to know how many people died in all this stuff. Mm. You know, you see earthquakes and fires and all this stuff. But how many people died? All the planes crashing. How many people were on a plane? How many planes? They said all of these planes across the world. How many? Because if you quantify it, it gives it more oomph. Mm. You know, if there was just a thing saying hundreds of thousands of people are missing on the coasts, that quantifies for you the massive size of the destruction. So for me, it was little things like that that would have just enriched. But my biggest issue. Yeah, you were you were talking about this. In, in the, theater, the theater, the second it happened. I was like, uh, just go with it for now. They, they turn around and they say, we've got video of the tsunami coming in. And they show you a beach. And the camera angle is on the beach. Mm-hmm. You see the tsunami come up. Mm-hmm. And then the camera goes into the tsunami underwater. Well, maybe it's and a GoPro. Even if it's a go, okay. Look, let's <laughs> let's break this down. Even if it's an action camera, if the tsunami hit, I guarantee you, as someone who uses GoPros regularly, even if I have that strapped to me, it will get lost because would, of the. It could possibly get lost, but it would be thrust into whatever debris and detritus the water was going to do mm. and then possibly be sucked back out to sea. That doesn't happen five minutes after the thing hits. Yeah. To have that clip, they would have shown, in my opinion, the clip of a person running away and getting away. Yeah. And showing it from a distance. To show it in the water, I was like, you've got to be kidding. That threw me out of it. Mm. That was such an egregious and you know departure. What? Maybe, right? Maybe that was deliberate because then it gives you doubt that eh, this can't be real. But they're supposed to present it. In a way where it does look real. I understand that. No, but I'm, th- that I'm saying that's a flaw then if that's a choice. If that's an active choice to do that, the whole point of these four 
horsemen is to prove to me what they're doing is right. The whole point of the characters of Andrew and Eric is to prove to me it's a lie. Mm -hmm. For them to present the news as live, I would have edited out the ending because you see the water hit. Like I would show the water and I would never show the water hitting because that gives you both sides of it. Mm. Where, oh crap, there's the wave. But since the wave never hits the ground and I'm never showing you the water hitting, how do I know it's real? And I'm showing you that because that's all I've got because the guy got swept away. Right. And I think what you were saying at the theater, too, is like, so how did they get that footage then? How did they get it? And how did they get it so soon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And then finally, why the weapons? They said they built them. They were told to build them. They were told to build them. They built them to the specs that came to uh, whatever they Mm -hmm. were told, I guess. Mm -hmm. But Leonard cuts his throat with a knife. I guess because they used all of the weapons on each other. Why? Uh But that's my point. Why? Why did they build them? It's just, they could have used any weapon. Why those weapons? Mm. I mean, it, it would have been easier if Redmond with his flannel came with like an axe. You know, the mm. nurse came with like uh, a bone saw or like something else. <laughs> bone saw. I know that would be like not good, but you get the point. They could have all just used an axe and it would have been the same effect. Mm. I'm done with the bad. No, that, that Do you was have fine. anything bad that you'd like to mention? Um, yeah, that, that will be in my closing later. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, is it time for your pin in it comment or is that later? That's more, you know what, I'll go back to the pin in it and it's more of a question because Eric was concussed and I don't want to say this is a bad, Mm. but it's not a good either. So we'll just call this the gray area. Mm. He's concussed. Mm -hmm. If he's concussed and he says he sees something in the light, how do we know that it's not him hallucinating? Yeah, and being taken advantage of. Well, that's why Andrew kept saying, you know, just be quiet. You hit your head. Don't talk. You're not at 100%. But he believes it at the end and allows him to go. So that's what I'm saying. That to me was a little... There's a lot of evidence that said the atrocities were happening. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to quantify killing someone who is injured and who couldn't possibly think straight. Yeah. So that was hard for me. But you could see it throughout. Like after each one of the um, horsemen started to fall, right? The more he was believing what they were saying. But again, was that because he was concussed or because he was believing? Because he's the one who had faith. Andrew's the one who lost his faith. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm just saying that's a very gray area for me. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I understand. But, you know, I guess part of how the story unfolds is that it is Eric who succumbs. Mm. Let us then, if we don't have any more bad, is to go into the cute for me. You know, when they were doing one of their flashbacks, the when they were headed to the cabin and they were doing carpool karaoke to Boogie Shoes. I mean, that was just so adorable. You know what that reminded me of? And then I was singing along with it. You know what it reminded me of? What? When you and I are in the car and like we'll flip to the 80s serious station and it's like AHA's take on me comes on. I know. And then we both start singing at the same time. And we start dancing in the car. Yeah. Because that's that's awesome. I loved how they showed the two of them growing together in flashbacks Mm -hmm. and how they showed them as a family Mm -hmm. and how their love was pure. Mm -hmm. And even though they faced all these hardships, their love was so much stronger than all of it. Yep. That's why they were together. And I guess that's why they were chosen. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Mm. I I do think that's a cute though, the way they were to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the other thing that I thought was cute is that when they finally got to the lake eric before jumping into the lake because andrew and when already like you know ran down the 
um, boardwalk or whatever it is that you call it and just jumped in, right? Eric had to pause, take off his shoes, and then take out his phone, or maybe it was the car keys before jumping in. Maybe it was both. (laughs) What's really funny is that's me. I'd be like, okay, the cell phone has to go here. The car keys have to go here. Take my wallet out and now jump. See, I was thinking that that was more me. No, you throw yourself (laughs) headfirst into the lake. You almost threw yourself into a Disney fountain during the heat of summer. You know what? It was hot. I'm not negating that. I'm saying you would have thrown yourself into a pool at that point (laughs) without thinking. So you know what? Maybe that is you. Yes. Because, hey, we we do need to drive home. Yeah. And now that like everything to get into the car is that key fob, you get that wet, you're toast. I know. So yeah, it's very important not to get the key fob wet. But anyway, is there any other cute you have? Um, No. The entire way that they were, like you said, just, it warmed my heart. It was just so adorable. Yeah. Okay. So if we didn't have anything else then to talk about, that I guess is our discussion of Knock at the Cabin. Yes? Yep. Okay. So now it is time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. Okay. We rate Knock at the Cabin... 3.5 stars and this is a blended rating okay so going forward on a blended rating we're going to actually give us uh, individual ratings of what Mm -hmm. we rated it and then you'll understand why it's blended so um i did give it a 4.0 for a few reasons and yes that is with all the questions that i still have but there's one very large reason for that and I, i hope you'll bear with me and i'll explain it and i'm going to start by saying that malice and evil in the world exist and they do hurt you but you need to nurture your love allow for yourself to heal and take the guidance to get through the darkness. And I think that that's very important to remember. And the reason I bring all of that up is because Andrew and Eric faced violence every day for the love they shared for one another. Andrew's parents abandoned him, but Eric remained at his side. They adopted when and opened their home to another life. Politics and fearful people cast them aside as if they were less than. They were evil. They were groomers, sinners. Insert whatever hateful rhetoric people spew when they're ignorant and filled with fear-fueled hate. Yet when the world was at stake, when humanity needed help, who better than the ones who understand the torment to make the sacrifice? They opened their home once again to save everyone else and in turn not lose what made them who they were, that love, that power, that strength, that healthy, happy family. They didn't let their hate, their malice, remove their love, remove their nurturing, remove their guidance, remove their healing. They didn't let the lies, the defamation, the abandonment, the evil of others' actions to change who they were. Even in the end, they put love and life before themselves. Love that pure is beautiful and heartbreaking. And we need more of it. And see, that's why between the two of us, you are the better half. Because... You do see and understand that. And for me, I was the one who gave it a three. Before I give my reasoning, I have to disclose that right before seeing Knock at the Cabin, we had just seen episode three of HBO's The Last of Us. And I won't spoil it here if you haven't seen the HBO series, but if you have, then that will explain my state of mind or maybe my state of heart. But after the movie, I was crying. And I was crying tears of anger And really, I wasn't feeling as generous as my wife was. I was absolutely on Andrew's train of thought. Not only did they have to fight to be together, like we were talking about, they went to great lengths to have a family. And, you know, they they were outcasts. 
All they wanted to do was live their lives full of love and laughter despite the pain directed their way. And then even after all of that, they were asked to make the ultimate sacrifice to save the very people who condemned them. And it's not fair. My brain is telling me that they did the right thing, but my heart is just not listening. And you know, for me, I think the best goodness in the world are the ones who rise up to help even when you've stepped on them. That's why you're the better half. But you know what? I'll always rise up because if our nieces and nephews look at us, I want them to see that we were good in the face of darkness, that we are their flashlight in the cave of pain and torment. Because the thing is, life is so fleeting and so empty. And to fill it with such hate and such pain, if we don't find those little glimmers like your love, helps me cut the negative out, cut the people out of my life that make my life painful. If I don't have that love, if I don't have that support, then all I do is live in the darkness and I never get out. So I'd rather hold on to that love and that flashlight than lose everything about me because of others. Why should my integrity change because of someone else? And I'm going to have to try to follow your example and learn from it. But right now, that movie, I just, I couldn't. I'm, no, I'm, 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 not not, I'm not saying you have to learn from me. I don't say that at all. I'm saying the film, to me, gave me that impression. And for me, I just, I couldn't accept it. Maybe in the future, I might be able to. But right now, where I am in my state of mind, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Considering everything going on in the modern day under- world, I understand that. Yeah. So um, I know it's a somber note, but we are going to be ending our show like that. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Was there anything about the film that we missed that you wanted us to discuss? You can let us uh, know by leaving a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, just please uh, make sure to hit that little follow button so you don't miss an episode. And uh, we do love hearing from you. So please leave reviews, send us messages. We do listen and uh, read everything you send our way. Yes. And so until next time, that hopefully will be a more cheery ending. Um, Stay safe, be kind. And remember, love is love. It's strong enough to save the world if you let it.